Welcome back to Ten of the Chamber, a Studio Trigger retrospective podcast. I said in the last episode that um, we were ending episode 18. This is episode 18. I'm sorry that I made that mistake. <laughs> but th this is episode 18. The previous episode was 17. We're now in 18. I promise I will not make this mistake again. But moving on from um, where we left off in the last episode with Satsuki doing a big face turn, and now she is against Ragyo and everything that she was doing, training the students of Honoji Academy to basically be her army to rebel against Ragyo and the Life Fibers. So everything's kind of built up up to this point, you know, of uh, Satsuki getting Ryuko to kick out any of like the weaker members that were within their ranks and building up her army for their big uh, school trip raid up to now, all has been revealed to be her big master plan to raise an army to to rebel up against her mother. Yeah, which is it's pretty ridiculous because she's like, because one thing I really liked about the beginning of this is that Sanketsu immediately is, says to Ryuko, oh, so Sasuke's on the same side of us as us. And I just thought that was really sweet that immediately he's <laughs> like, oh, she's not so bad. I liked her. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's like, I mean, in, in a way, it's just, I think that's just him reacting to be like, okay, sure, all right. I mean, <laughs> this isn't bad for us. I think you know, we're, we're against the life fibers now, and she's fighting the life fibers, so yeah, she's on our side. I guess. I, I just think it's really cute because he, he he doesn't want to be against her. I don't know. I just think it's I sweet, and I really wish Sanket and Sasuke got to be friends. Like, I'll talk about this more later on, <laughs> but. <laughs> but I think, and I say this about a lot of characters, I guess, but I think Sankatsu and Satsuki have a lot in common. And, mm -hmm. and I just wish that they got to interact more because I think they'd really get along and I think they really should. I guess I'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah. I just wish I just wish they got to to interact more. And I really like that, you know, yeah. as soon as Sankatsu sees that Satsuki is like on their side, even though it's kind of like her fault that... <laughs> She got all torn up and she spread his parts everywhere. And he's like, oh, well, that's fine. I like her now. <laughs> she, like, she is fucking he's ruthless. So you know what? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's good that you have someone like Sasuke on our side now because having to fight against her was going to be tough. So I, I, mean, I guess I guess that's true, too. <laughs> he, he's just thinking strategically. Yeah. But I really like that. But I do think it's really silly that that Ryuko asked, well, why are you fighting us then? Why did you do all this? And Sasuke's like, I have no need for half-baked allies. <laughs> like, girl, you destroyed so much stuff that you could potentially use. Just saying, you went so overboard. Yeah, but like... <laughs> but, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but I mean, for her, for like, for her cause, you know, she doesn't want anything, like, half-assed, like, you know, doesn't want people that are not as, you know, into the cause. I think she went way too far. And and also, you could argue that she was totally into what she was doing. Like, at the end of episode 13, she's so mean to Ryuko for, like, or episode 12, <laughs> I'm sorry. The after credits ending, I should say. Right. She's just that. so mean to Ryuko. She's like, I love playing around with you. I love playing this game <laughs> with you. And, like, she totally didn't need to be like was, that. <laughs> I guess she was just amused at, like, of how powerful Ryuko was, just kind of seeing how far she could push her. And in a way, that could just be her, like, being amused of it, but also being happy in the fact that she has a better chance of beating Ragyo with Ryuko on her side, despite, you know, how much she doesn't like her. 
<laughs> I mean, um, I'll, I'll talk about this more later on, but this isn't a dig against Sasuke or anything, but I just think that she was super manipulative in ways she uh, really yeah, didn't have to be. And she's problematic. <laughs> she's, she's my problematic fave. She's my, she's my problematic fave, straight up. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying this is a dig against Sasuke. I think it's really good, like what she goes through and. I guess that's kind of spoilers later on, <laughs> but she did not have to go that far. She didn't have to go that hard. <laughs> so. But she did, and I appreciate it. I love that. She didn't have to go that hard, but she did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love also when she's uh, arguing with Ragyo of how you see that like their, their, their lights are just sort of fighting against each other. You mm. have like Sasuke's bright white light, and you have like Ragyo's rainbow lights, and they're just like kind of having this this war of words being like visualized through their lights trying to like fight each other through to the point where it's just getting way too fucking bright and if you're watching this with like a big screen tv in like a dark room it's just like blinding <laughs> it's, it's mm -hmm. hilarious really cool how they did that and we also learn a lot more about um what happened before uh Yuko and Satsuki were even born. Uh, we see Satsuki's dad for the first time, uh, Soichiro, I believe his name was. Yeah, with, his, with his wild hair. His fucking, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck his hair is doing. Um, I but, feel like it's, it has to be like a reference to like Konagai's work or something. So, he, but, does, he does like a Konagai <laughs> character, yeah. But like a lot of this goes over my head, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, very very old like uh, like 50s anime kind of design. Yeah. Like a scientist, really fucking ridiculous um but yeah, we know I, I love yeah. his i love his wild hair <laughs> it's it's great it's fucking cool um but we but we learned of like uh that sasuke was experimented on as a child by ragio uh to basically see if she could handle the life fibers and um then that test kind of failed because she was too old in a sense and she's she's only like like a year old or like three years old she was just one year old one year old yeah yeah that we're being experimented on, and and, and Ragyo's like, oh well, that's too long. This didn't work. I'll have to use like a, a literally right out of my womb baby. L this newborn baby that is in my tummy right now. We got to yeah. experiment on her yeah. as soon as she's out, which they do, <laughs> and that also turns out as a failure. And Ragyo's like, all right, toss out the baby, and the, that baby yep. is tossed out, and you see, Soichiro is just heartbroken. That his second child not only experimented on, but now is just dead. And at that moment, he decides, I'm not going to let this bitch fucking try to rule the world and kill my kids anymore. And sort of rebels against her. I think this episode kind of shows how much Sasuke really idolizes her father. Because, like, from an outside perspective, it's like, it took you that long to realize that your wife was someone you should not be doing this that, that first like, experiment on your on your daughter wasn't enough of a red flag yeah yeah it's like you went along with this for this long and Sasuke doesn't seem to uh think anything of it which no. I, I i think you really see her admiration for her and her idolization of her father here yeah. which is sad and i think in later episodes i think especially in the english uh ragyo really points that out even in this episode, she does. She's like, your father was relying on, you know, went to a five-year-old for help. You were five years old. And Sasuke says, well, I wasn't an ordinary five-year-old. But still, she was still a child. Like, yeah. she did not deserve to have this pushed upon her. And that was really cruel. And I don't think Sasuke sees it as cruel, when it absolutely was. <laughs> Maybe it was a cruelty that was necessary. Like, I, I could 
talk about that kind of thing forever but <laughs> so we get that backstory uh and then for the most part this episode has like just it's just a lot of different fight scenes going forward we see uh Nui fighting against uh Uzu and the rest of the elite four but then we also see Ragio somehow getting out of her crucifixion thing I don't know what the fuck she was on and, and <laughs> what's she on I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's just a, literally like a big cross-shaped thing that was just in the middle of the stage for no reason other than for her to be crucified on. It's ridiculous. Um, but Ragio ends up mind stitching or mind mind controlling the this new army that that Satsuki uh, unfortunately gathered up now. So now she just has this whole student army to fight against that she just built up, you know, for this whole time, and now they're already going against her, and it's. It's, it's fucked <laughs> and then we end up seeing that at some point in the fight Ragio gets Ryuko mind stitched that's not good that's yeah. not good at all so now we gotta have Ryuko and Satsuki fight again under these different uh, different circumstances which is kind of interesting that um, Ragio couldn't get Ryuko to life ever synchronized while mind controlling her I don't know why she wasn't synchronized in the first place. Maybe I, don't, I guess because she didn't want to hurt the students. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. And like we didn't really like know how that mind control affected Zaketsu or like what was going through his mind when that happened. Yeah, they don't really talk about that. Because <laughs> like if they were synchronized, it, I think it'd make more sense to me because then they're like really becoming one with each other. So Ryuko got controlled. It makes sense if Senkatsu would as well because they're together when they're synchronized mm -hmm. and they're not synchronized here. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They don't. It doesn't really. They don't really talk about it. But one thing that really interests me about this part is that it's kind of a continuation of what we saw in episode 12 when Ryuko and Senkatsu went berserk because there Satsuki couldn't get through to Ryuko. And I think that kind of hurt her because she does genuinely like Ryuko, I think. I think in this episode you can see that she does show genuine concern when Ryuko is taken. And like, yeah. I don't think it's just, oh no, my asset. Like, I think she does genuinely care for Ryuko in some sense. And, like, even mm -hmm. in episode seven, she genuinely smiles when she sees what Ryuko accomplished with uh, the Fight Club shenanigans. Right. So I think she does genuinely care about Ryuko, and, but she can't get through to her. And it's because, because she, I mean... Ryuko hates really, her! This, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Ryuko hates her. And, like, in this episode, I don't think she could have gotten through to her anyway. But, like, in episode 12, like, perhaps there's the argument that she could have if they had a better relationship. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it's just, it's it's kind of sad, especially with the reveal at the end of this episode that she can't <laughs> get through to her. And it's because she's been using Ryuko as a tool this whole time. And she hasn't been able to show Ryuko that she cares about her, that she's always had to put on this cold, hard guise, which I think Ryuko can kind of see through a little bit, which is why some people see that, yeah. or you could argue that Ambiguous is just all about them, that Ryuko sees right through Sasuke's hard guise. And, you know, even says in episode 15, you think I don't trust you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so Ryuko's seeing through Sasuke, too, to some extent, but not fully because she didn't see that Sasuke was just using her and was really against Ragyo the whole time. So I, I like the I like the side interpretation better. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, while all this fight is happening, uh, we all see Mako reuniting with her family and they're eating all the food that Mako brought over from from Osaka. And then uh, we also see uh, Gamagori telling Mako to start uh, evacuating all the students from the from the stadium while all these fights are happening, which she manages to do, even though it's in it's in her own way by basically turning the uh, 
the family truck into like a like a little food truck in a sense and helping all the students evacuate so nice little way to continue their relationship and like seeing that Gamagori seeing Mako has been more trustworthy and like having more respect for her to assign her a big job like this to get everyone out alive. Yes, I love this moment. It's actually like one of my favorite. Like I'm not a huge Gamako shipper, but this is one of my like if you want to call it a Gamako moment or Iramako. <laughs> because yeah. like in the last episode, I I think yeah, it was the last episode. Ryuko says yeah. to Mako, you know, stay out of this. I'll even bring you snacks. And it kind of See, everyone likes to say that Senketsu is fatherly, but I'm like, I think Ryuko is more motherly to Mako than Senketsu is ever fatherly <laughs> towards, towards Ryuko. Oh, hot take. I'm sorry. Uh, I know that's really unpopular. <laughs> but but <laughs> that's super unpopular. I know. But she, okay. it feels like Ryuko's really treating Mako like a little bothersome child. They're like, I'll bring you snacks. But here in episode 18, Gamagori's like, Mako, you can do things. Like, you don't have yeah. to stay out of it. I trust you. I think you have you can do things and you're capable. And I really love that, that he doesn't look down on her, that he thinks she's capable of doing things, that he doesn't just say, oh, I'll bring you snacks like she's a little kid. So I really love this one. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and then she does it. He's right. Like, yeah, like she, she ends up doing it. Like, I don't know if that's like out of like her getting scared of being reprimanded or if just like she again, she now has like the confidence to do stuff mm. that, you know, that people kind of expect of her now. Um, but yeah, she she does it like without any problem in her own way, of course, and that's mm-hmm. really really cool that they that they do that. I like I just really like that scene. <laughs> Another like little tidbit I just want to bring up real quick is um uh, the new speech guys are like, watching what's happening and Sumugu just saying, "What did we even come here for?" <laughs> which, <laughs> which again I remember you saying a bit early, uh in the earlier episodes saying of like how new speech feels a bit useless in some mm-hmm. situations. This definitely being one of them because what the fuck are they yeah. gonna do at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so sad what happens to Sumugu because in that first episode, he's such a presence. Like, he scares yeah. Ryuko. She's shaking. She can't eat. And in Senkatsu senses it too. He's like, you're scared of him. <laughs> yeah, he's intimidating, and, but now... And, now. and then he just doesn't really live up to that presence after that. He's not really scary anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, he's, yeah, essentially he's in that. He's just a joke. <laughs> he's just yeah, a joke. Level, like with Sumugu, where they're kind of jokey, you know, in the sense yeah. together. So all these fights are happening, and Ryuko is uh, mind controlled, but she manages to fight out of it with another scene that feels like it makes no sense but i still love it anyway is that the little red streak of her hair like swipes like a clock and cuts the uh the mind the, the mind stitching that ragio put on and she literally goes into her head and pulls the string out of her brain and the way that they kind of just they obviously don't like show like her literally sticking her head in but like do it in like this weird like silhouette thing of like her pulling the string out of her, her head and like she's bleeding from her head after that happens yeah it's well so... it's interesting because she yeah. punches herself in the face so it's not hurt Satsuki so a part of her doesn't want to hurt Satsuki which I think is interesting and I, I really love this because I think it brings up more ideas about agency choice which I think gets discussed a lot with Kill la Kill because of the outfits you know oh it's, it's talking about fictional characters agency is always you know sketchy ground because Mm -hmm. anyway i really like it because she says i won't let anyone you know control me when she pulls out that thread and i don't know i just really i really like that because i think it cements to me like 
why she wears Sanketsu's because she wants to. And it's like, she's not being forced into it. She's not a poor prisoner. But of course, talking about fictional characters, agencies. <laughs> yeah. So Yuko does that. And like, I think she made the comment to Satsuki that she's like living out of pure spite. <laughs> she just, just wants to, yeah. like, you know, like that, which is just, I found that funny. And we see like Ragyo reacting to this interesting, like, oh, like she like the the gears in her head are turning as she's slowly understanding what all of this means, why, you know, why Ryuko's able able to fight out of her, her mind stitching so easily. Uh, mm-hmm. well not easily, but you know, as you know, as as the way that she did it. And we have Nui and Ryuko fighting again. Ryuko syncs up with Saketsu, and at this point, love this comment he makes that they're now so in sync. They've never, this is complete, as literal life fiber synchronized is yes. from how strong <laughs> that they are, that their connection is that they're fighting Nui because then the first fight with Nui, Ryuko is just being completely just hot headed, not caring, just completely overwhelmed with rage. But now, you know, that she's completely synchronized with Senketsu and they're working together, they're actually getting a lot of hits on Nui and they're able to, to fight back against her really really nicely yeah i really really love this obviously i'm sorry <laughs> no, no go ahead go ahead uh, obviously I, I absolutely love this this episode is also directed and storyboarded by hiroshi kobayashi who directed and storyboarded uh, episode five which i love i don't think this episode is quite as pretty as episode five but i really love how when ryuko and sanketsu are fully see like ryuko's hair looks like it's on fire and they're glowing and i just really love the visual effect that, that shows that they're fully in sync there and I also really like why they're fully in sync, I think. I mean, it's up to, it's up for interpretation. But in the previous episode, Ryuko promises Senkets that she won't lose her cool and lose control again and hurt him like she did in episode 12. And you see in this episode, she gets so mad at Nui, like her hair goes up. It looks like, uh, you know, a Studio Ghibli movie <laughs> when their hair gets all. I, it does. Yeah, the way it fluffs up. It almost looks like Ragyo's hair for a second when I was looking at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But she immediately calms down because she doesn't want to hurt Sanketsu anymore. And I think that's kind of what really brings them together here, that they both really don't want to hurt each other. But I really like that she's she keeps herself under control because she really doesn't want to hurt him. And, and she trusts herself enough to keep in control and not hurt him anymore because she knows that he has that faith in her because in the last episode he said that's the kind of person you are so like she wants to live up to what he believes her to be because she doesn't respond when he says that she just kind of looks at him so i feel like (laughs) she does struggle to believe that she's the kind person that senketsu um feels she is but she does want to live up to what he thinks she is and you really see that in this episode and i think that's why they perfectly sync and it's really it's sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that fight's going on, and then Satsuki and Ragyo are confronting each other. Satsuki like uses the sunlight reflecting off her sword to blind her and get one one shot in to cut off her head, and to get another nice little blood rain effect when that happens. Um, and it seems like things are going pretty good. We're getting we're beating up all the bad guys. It's great, but back at the um Kiryuin manor with the primordial life fiber we saw in the previous episode too as that um uh Soroi and um Iori are infiltrating into the primordial life fiber and essentially just trying to neutralize it but unfortunately this big egg just manages to fight uh to like break out of their uh i guess um it's like a freezing agent they were using and attacks uh Iori specifically into his wrists which is just fucking which him as the uh as the sewing club president is devastating 
and it's mm-hmm. surprising that the that the uh that the primordial life fiber was almost in a sense intelligent enough to to attack his wrists and basically neutralize him on that and fucking the the covers starts awakening and they're they're basically like at this point they're like over the stage or the the whole stadium at this point and like Ragio's not dead she's literally hanging on to a thread between her body and her head she just attaches it back on without any without any problems and just completely just demolishes Satsuki and even takes off Junketsu off of her and puts on Junketsu and also yeah. does a life fiber override with Junketsu which I'm surprised I, I could have sworn this it was a synchronized that she did here but it was a override which yeah, you know. which is interesting. I think it's because she probably sees herself as superior to Junketsu, especially because yeah. it it's not it's not revealed in the actual show, but in the drama CD, it's revealed that Sasuke was weakening Junketsu with chemicals so that she could wear it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, that was like the that yeah. was like when like they basically nailed Junketsu like to like the that frame or whatever. I think that's kind of. I'm what's not happening. sure if that was necessarily it. But I know in the drama CD, they mentioned that Satsuki had been weakening it. It wasn't as good anymore. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah Ragyo yeah. makes a comment of that saying, like, you're, like, you're not meant to wear this anymore. And just, mm-hmm. like, you know, just puts it on, no problem. And uh, goes after Ryuko and literally sticks her hand into Ryuko and pulls out her heart. It's been out of life fiber. It's still beating. She's still alive. It's not killing her. And turns out Ryuko was the dead baby that was thrown away when it was experimented on from what you were talking about earlier. And she's uh, the younger daughter of Ragyo and Satsuki's sister. Yep. <laughs> this was the moment that got me the way I am now. Because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but yeah. I loved this reveal because I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I love monster stories. So the, I guess the reveal that Ryuko is, I mean, a monster in, in quotes was just so juicy to me. It's like, oh, okay, now I'm into this show. <laughs> I don't know if Ragyo did call her a monster, like called her like something. They called her something they call her like, not normal in a sense when she... Um, I don't know if this is uh, here in this moment or in the next episode, uh, where she makes a comment about Ryuko not being normal in a sense. Yeah, um, it's the next episode where Ragio says this, but in this episode we see that Ragio is, you know, stabbed, and Sasuke's like, "You're a monster. Only a monster would be able to survive something like that and act like it was nothing." And the Mankan Shokus are like, "Wow, she's a total freak," <laughs> you know. So, so you you get you get this theme in episode eighteen that people like Ryuko, like Ragyo, are monstrous and gross and freaky. So it it is it is there. Yeah, and I don't know. It is super interesting with Ryuko's character because I I feel like her big insecurity is that she brings harm to people, that she's no good, mm-hmm. and so that she's yeah. like this thing that people think is so monstrous. Yeah. This whole reveal was just very shocking. I mean, I mean, the reveal in the last episode of Satsuki, you know, turning her back around, yeah, that was already a big one enough. Uh, but this yep. one already just completely just blows that out of the water just from how big this is. Massive reveal. I was very surprised. Definitely was not seeing this coming on my end. I remember the it, a lot of people were also shocked um, by this online. As I remember um, scrolling through Tumblr. When this episode came yeah. out and <laughs> seeing um, a lot of people 
uh, before this reveal, we're shipping Ryuko and Satsuki, just having that like that rival, um, that like that kind of rival mm-hmm. to rival trope going yeah. on, and people were shipping them with that. Uh, but then this reveal happened, and everyone just kind of was just like, "Never mind, I just disregard <laughs> disregard everything I've done, all the art or fiction or whatever, just yeah. throw it out." <laughs> Don't I? Just, yeah, it's just so funny seeing that happen in real time. I I've never seen uh anything like that happen for another show for like a reveal like this because <laughs> of how like late it it happened and the way it yeah. did and the reaction. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if we'll see a reaction like that again. Um, a lot of people backed off of that. Uh, I know like very few people um doubled down on it. Which you know, it's whatever they can do, whatever they want. <laughs> but just, yeah. I mean, not everyone ditched it. So. Not everyone did. No. Which, <laughs> which no, I don't. I don't want to ship hate. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, not maybe, either. Maybe Pe- just maybe just cut all this out. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I can, whatever. People can do whatever they want. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I have opinions, but like, no matter what you say, you can't win. So. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think the argument with this one is that they didn't grow up together and they can't have babies. So it's still it kind blood of, related. It, it, they it, have the it, same it, parents. I mean, I don't ship it. I don't. I don't ship either. It. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with it. Like, it's not my ship. But not, but, I, but a lot of the arguments about it is like you know, like they didn't grow up together. They can't have babies. So it's not. It doesn't have the problems of a lot of incest ships. But it's it, like eh, it's still uncomfortable. It's still uncomfortable. <laughs> the core of it is still yeah. there. That makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. It's, it's, it's fine. Don't worry. But with that, that's the end of episode uh, 18. I got that right this time. Episode 18 of Kill I Kill. Tune in next time. We'll get into episode 19 for me, City, for them, Marshmallow. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.